0: Thank you for tuning in to the Meridian Friends Church podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss any of the sermons posted each week. You can also find more information about our church at www.meridianfriends.org or on Facebook or Instagram by searching Meridian Friends Church. Now enjoy the sermon. All Christmas Music Sunday and I think to myself, what a great idea. Love that. Thank you, fine arts team, musicians, and everybody uh, helping us to celebrate this way. If you think about it, the point of Christmas is really love, isn't it? It's God loving us so much that he would bless this world with the arrival of his son. Today, we have lit the fourth Advent candle representing the love that Christ brings during this season, and we think about what that means for each one of us. I want to offer a couple of passages. Today I'm not going to give a full-blown sermon. If you look on the back side of your printed handouts in-house here, you see that I've drawn a blank today. <laughs> We've got lots of flexibility on where we're going with this one. But I just want to share for a few minutes from my heart about God's love for us. And the passages that come to my mind come from Matthew chapter twenty-two and John chapter three. And in both instances. The specific word there that's used for love is agape. And it really is about Christ's sacrifice for us. That's what we're celebrating here at Christmas. Is that Jesus came into this world to lay down his life literally for us. Something I'd never noticed about these two popular verses about love. One of them being this, simply from Matthew chapter 22. Jesus said, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second command is just like it. To love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but that 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 passage about love as well as John 3.16, for God so loved the world, they came out of opposition. They came out of people who overlooked the importance of Jesus, to say the least. They rejected Him. So reading from Matthew twenty. 22 Verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question Which one is the greatest commandment of all? And Jesus answers this way. He summarizes the point of the entire law by saying, It's all about us loving God with every fiber of who we are, with all of our intention, with all of our thought, with all of our motivation, with all of our action, with all of our energy, with all of our life. It's to love God. And the word there, as I mentioned, is a sacrificial love. It's agape love. You know, in English, we just have one word for love, and it's love. And that covers a lot of ground. It it can have to do with Ford pickups or tacos, your your golden retriever, (laughs) or, of course, your kids or a spouse. (laughs) That's a lot of ground to cover. The Hebrew language is the same way, actually. Uh, Ahab is the word for love in Hebrew, but not so with the Greek. There's four different words to pick from. Uh, there's storge, which is the most commonly used kind of love between people, and that's more of an affinity kind of a love, often used between parents and kids. That was a common one in first century Greek. Of course, we know the New Testament was given to us in Greek, right? It's the original language. We're translating it in English. Um, phileo is a kind of brotherly love that we have for one another. Uh, that can be rough sometimes. I have two brothers myself, grew up with two brothers and a sister. <laughs> I'm sure there's some phileo in there too. Um, the other uh, one is eros. We know about that one. It's a passionate and a physical love or attraction. And then there's agape. And agape is different than all the other ones because it's, the focus of agape is the giver, not the receiver, with any other kind of love. You know, our grandkids, our kids, our brothers, our sisters, or people we know, They're people that we want to please, and we even stand a chance of getting something back from them in a reciprocal way. That's how relationships work, right? A little give, a little take. But agape love is different. It's about emptying ourselves. It's about deciding to love someone who doesn't necessarily deserve that gift of love. And Jesus says that the entire law and the point boils down to this, that we would love God this way, that we would agape and that we would love one another this way. And I think that this is the point of Christmas, is that Jesus came to empty himself on our behalf. It has been a tough year. Would that be an understatement? I know that 2020 was a tough year, and I know that 2021 was a tough year, and in varying degrees for people that are congregated here and here to worship, and I recognize that to say the least, it's been a year of significant losses, no matter who you are. So many expectations that we had were grieving, and we're dealing with disappointment, and we're dealing with loss and frustration. For me, I sense a real sense of tiredness among people, and I think that the church is not exempt from that. Would that be fair to say? <laughs> we're just worn out. It's been A trying time. It's been a difficult time. It's been an emptying time. And so today I'm thankful for the gift of music because we can celebrate. And what is it that we're celebrating? We're celebrating the fact that God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son. God loved and God gave. And those two things always go together, don't they? It's a sacrificial giving. They say you can give without loving but you can't love without giving. I think our temptation in any kind of loss or weariness is to focus on what's lost, rather than the challenge of focusing on what's left. I've been thinking about that a little bit, of focusing on what's left for us. I made a list of, uh, in 2021, of some reasons for our church just to be thankful. And to me, these are evidences of God's love. We lit a candle, and in the, in the book of John, particularly, Jesus is described as light to us, a light in the darkness. And the light is something noticeable, it's something that we see. And I think for all of us, we need reassurance, don't we? We need to be able to see love. It, it's hard to, to be abstract about love. We need to have it practiced, we need to know what it looks like. We want to, one of the difficulties of of this season of the pandemic, we want to see faces, right? We, we want to have that reassurance and, and that connection that has really been taken away from us in a lot of different ways. I have to tell you for pastors, this has been a year of real insecurity. Speaking to groups that we know are there, but we don't know that they're there, but we know that they're there. And they may not be there at the same time or in the same place. And just the reassurance of that feedback. I have to tell you, one of the visible evidences of God's love to me today is uh, seeing Jim Williams sing and, and to hear his deep, beautiful voice returned and the answer to prayer that that is. And I have to say with you, it's a beautiful, it's a wonderful world, isn't it? And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yeah. I think to my Jim did it much better. You're, you're welcome for that. Numbers went down. The numbers online went down right there. Turn off the mic quickly. <laughs> I've never heard that as a Christmas song, but it fits. Because Jim is rejoicing for the simple gift of life. Aren't you? Amen. We so often take things for granted. Prayed with Kathy for Dennis today as he's having a surgery, and the many infections that he's dealt with was his amputation. There's, there's so many things that we just take for granted. Maybe the person next to you is, is a significant one. And I'm grateful this Christmas for my church family. So I made a little list, and it's definitely not exhausted, but there are things that came to my mind. I'm thankful that our church has hung together this year. And for a lot of folks, that meant being online when they didn't want to be online. And I'm grateful for them. Um, Some of them even write comments. (laughs) And I'm thankful for that, too. It's like this visible reassurance that somebody's out there and encouragement to one another in a live setting. Some even share the post. (laughs) I'm grateful um, for that as well i have been grateful this year for our Wednesday prayer meeting. Did you know we have one? It's, it's Wednesday mornings, so there might be a limited group that could do that at 10.30 on Wednesdays, but it's on Zoom. And we have a pretty faithful group that come, five or six is all, but are they faithful and are they praying for Meridian Friends Church? And I found a lot of joy in that. I look forward to that group. I'm thankful. And a couple of them have been in some pretty deep quarantine. Um, they're immune compromised and they're very serious about that with regard to not being in public gatherings. But they found a way to reach out and take the initiative and be the one to give and to show up. And I'm just so encouraged by that and thankful that they are praying for you. I think about that with the online Sermon Digest group uh, and other small groups that have met online as well as in person this year they're taking time to connect. I just think that's so valuable. It's not easy sometimes, is it? (laughs) When we lose a good habit, it's so easy to just let that be a lost habit. And there's some habits that do lead us closer to one another and do lead us closer to God. And I'm thankful, not focused on the things we've lost, I'm thankful for the things that we still have left. I'm thankful for you. I can look out here, and this is the fullest sanctuary I've seen in a while. I'm grateful for the encouragement of having you here and just of hanging with us and figuring this out together. I think I've been the first to admit over and over we don't know what we're doing. Uh, We just set aside the live worship in person in the fellowship hall for a time. Uh, We just had five people in there uh, last Sunday. And three of them, plus one of their spouse, were the ones involved. (laughs) And so they're in here (laughs) with us joyfully today. And I'm okay with that. I just want you to know, just one step at a time. Let's just see what makes sense and continue to do that. I'm thankful for the group that's over here in Emmaus Hall. Hi, friends. I heard there were 14 or 15 in there. And you have to consider where this came from. This came from uh, a few people who were very immune-compromised that needed a place and wanted a place where they felt more safe and were more safe with regard to practices and so they're over there, but for them what I'm hearing is it's so different to be able to worship next to people in there than it is to be for many of them totally alone at home and worshiping. I've heard there's a lot of tears over there, there's a lot of joy and there is some rowdy singing going on over there. And I'm just thankful for the creativity. I think for a church that's 59 years old this February, um, flexibility isn't the easiest thing. Um, As we get older, (laughs) we get used to doing things certain ways and all of us are that way. I'm so thankful for our musicians. And I want to say that with regard to this Sunday of celebrating the love of Christ because you demonstrate the love of Christ to me in your sacrifice and your willingness over and over and over again to serve and to give and to do. And we're grateful for you. Um, so many of our musicians get to be on the platform today. And I wanna invite you to see it as a visible something, as a visible testimony, as a visible light. And there are so many ministries that are not in front of the camera. I'm grateful for uh, the hard work of our audiovisual team. We are literally training people every week to try to fill all the gaps. This is a strange season, and people have been so giving. Uh, They are here very early (laughs) to get things set up. And they're just a reminder to me over and over again that none of us are alone, because I think all of us feel very alone in one way or another. Um, I'm thankful for the love that they pour out and that they share. I'm grateful for our staff. We have a very faithful staff that they're not only maintaining things, but they're innovating. They're doing creative things. I couldn't help but think about our campus in the last, has it been 19 months since we've been in lockdown, pandemic, ripple effects, whatever this is? <laughs> it's been a long time. But if you haven't been here, did you know how many tons of debris did we remove from the campus? Do you remember? It was a lot. Any any guess? Eight tons, something like that. Uh, yeah, tree stumps, um, the old blockhouse, twelve what tons? That's twenty four thousand pounds. Quick math right there. Um, the campus, I believe, has never looked more maintained and beautiful. And that happens because people take initiative. I, this does not look like a ghost town here. And I'm so thankful for what that communicates—the love that's invested in our church family, and what it means to be a church family is something visible that I'm taking with me and and just grateful for, as I reflect on this year, Um, our Zoom children's teachers this year, um, they will show up with one or two or three kids, joyfully. Uh, Once in a while, Teresa's on it, and I get to overhear it, and I'm just impressed, Same thing with our in-person teachers, they're offering a full range of children's and youth programming, including Bible quizzing and so forth. It's hard to show up two or three weeks in a row with no kids in your class, but to come with a fresh lesson every time and a readiness to do that. It demonstrates to me not the kind of love that when you give it out, you instantly get a reward. It's the kind of love that you give out because you love Jesus and you're just thankful to have an opportunity to serve and you just continue to be faithful and it's a gift. I think about the fact that we had camps this year and to me that was an incredible miracle uh, that people are able to do that and willing to do that and continue to do that. It's, it's so challenging in these environments. I think about our Tuesday men's group that's faithful to meet, our Thursday women's group is about to go in person and on Zoom There's double the work everywhere uh, these days. We even have someone who started a new Parents of Preschoolers outreach. And like I said, this isn't an exhaustive list by any means. But I wonder if it could kindle a flame for you, so to speak, of remembering that there are so many visible evidences of what a beautiful world this is. So many visible evidences that there are people who are loving and giving and serving all the time. Meridian friends, we're charged to be the church in our generation. We don't get to pick a different circumstance or a different time. But we know that Jesus wants us to be his church. His hands and his feet to demonstrate this kind of love in the community around us. I'm proud of you. And I'm so thankful that you reflect Christ the way that you do. Friends, as we turn a page and look toward the new year, may God continue to help us to love Him with every part of who we are and to love each other even as well as we love ourselves. Just you stand with me as you're able? Gracious Father, As we continue to sing, we remember the birth of Jesus and that silent night of his arrival. And we don't want to overlook the obvious gifts that you've poured out in abundance all around us. Jesus, let this Christmas, even though it's marked, no doubt, with weariness and disappointment and grief, and pain. Jesus, we thank you that your light shines in that darkness for us. Open our hearts and open our eyes to receive the agape love that you poured out for us and help us, Lord, to be your light to share that with others. In Christ we pray.